When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Podcast Network Asia. I always pointed out to everyone that we are created in the image of God. So my mantra is always, I am a divine creation of God. I am gifted. You are listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself Podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. There. You are joining me today on Project Loving Myself for an exploration of the ancient practice of Reiki. Reiki is a technique that has existed for as long as I remember. I can't think of healing and spirituality without the topic of Reiki figuring into the conversation. I started my Reiki journey in 2008 and I found it to be a very centering and grounding practice that gave me a sense of peace and calm. In today's fast-paced world, who doesn't need more peace and calm? I mean, in today's world, self-care often takes a back seat, and Reiki might just be the answer for those in search of balance and well-being. And here with me today is our guest, Reverend Isa Hewlett, known as the Cosmic Healer. Isa Hewlett is a Reiki master teacher. She has dedicated her life to the study and mastery of Reiki, the age-old Japanese healing technique that channels universal life force energy to promote balance, harmony, and self-realization. With decades of experience and a profound connection to the healing energies of the universe, Reverend Isa brings a wealth of wisdom and insight to our conversation today. Throughout this episode, we'll unravel the mysteries of Reiki, exploring its origins, principles, and practical applications. We'll also discover the profound impact that it can have on your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. So whether you're new to the world of energy healing or a seasoned practitioner, this episode promises to provide you with valuable insights, transformative stories, and a deeper understanding of the limitless potential of Reiki. So get ready to open your heart and mind to the healing power of Reiki as we chat today with Reiki Master, Reverend Isa Hewlett. Welcome to the podcast, Reverend Isa. Hi, 
Thank you, Sanaya. And happy to be here in the project Loving Myself. Thank you so much. I have been actually wanting to talk to you on my podcast, but somehow maybe the timing didn't work out or it just didn't seem to happen until, you know, I, I just said, we're going to do this. I want to talk to her and I want to talk to her about Reiki. So I'm so happy to have you here with me. Oh, so I am too happy also to be with you. Thank you, Reverend Isa. Now let's start with this. A lot of our listeners may not be familiar with Reiki. Can you provide for us an overview of, you know, where did Reiki start? What Reiki is and how does it even work? So let's go back to basics, Reverend Isa, and let's talk about the origins of Reiki and what it is today. So Reiki is a Japanese word, which means Rei, spiritual, and Ki means energy. It started in 1922 by Mikao Usui who was a Japanese Buddhist monk. So it started as a spiritual practice by then. And then he started to teach about healing. And then later on, as it progressed, it now has become a spiritual healing practice. So it evolved. So there is what we call now the traditional practice of Reiki, and now we have a modern Reiki, which is just a progression of the practice of Reiki. Now, Reverend Isa, there are levels of Reiki, right? There's Reiki 1, there's Reiki 2. Mm -hmm. And so Reiki also has these levels of growth within the practice itself. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yes. Okay. We have the first Reiki level 1, which we call it Shoten. And for me, when I'm really studying and teaching this Reiki, the first Reiki is really about knowing ourselves. It's really about self-healing, familiarization of what energy is in our body, in our life, and then starting to do the meditation. And then knowing ourselves to the practice of self-healing and also sharing this gift to the healing of others, and living in the Reiki precepts. And if that shortened level is about knowing ourselves, the second degree, which is what we call the Okuden level, Okuden level deals with really a deep spirituality because it deals with a symbol which has meaning, and the symbol means know thy true self, harmony living with harmony and harmony within and without, and uplifting our consciousness in the symbol of Honsha Sessionen, which means there are no boundaries. We are all one. So the progression from the self-healing or self-identification on the Reiki one grows up into the level of knowing that we are all one. And then on the Reiki three, which is a preparation for one to become a Reiki master is you're going to live in a higher level of being the great bright light. So it's like a progression of, I always call it like Reiki practice, if we really understand it, is really like an ascending consciousness. Because if one becomes a Reiki master level, one wants to be like the sun, a great bright light. And that is the meaning of the symbol for the Reiki tree. 
So the spiritual practice leads us to really understanding that we are all light beings, that we are all connected to each other. But to go into that consciousness, we have to practice the different meditations and different healing on each level. So I love to say that the practice of Reiki from one to three is really like an ascending consciousness. That's such a beautiful explanation, Reverend Isa. The idea that it is a spiritual practice, but also a form of energy healing, correct? Where we essentially expand and grow our consciousness. And you use the word ascending, which means we are growing and we are evolving. I think that was just such a beautiful way to put it. Now, for someone new to this idea of ascending consciousness, or even this idea of having a spiritual practice in the first place, why would someone do Reiki? Why should anyone do Reiki, rather? Basically, for the others who do not really understand yet what Reiki is, the first thing that one would like to have is a peace and calmness of mind and relaxation. So first, it is a relaxation, a calming, and then a healing technique. So one can go to Reiki just to have, to release the stress in everyday life, to have a focus, to have a calm mind. And then later on, as they progress into their practice or they receive Reiki, weekly or monthly, then they will get to understand that something is happening in their spirit. And then it becomes a healing practice. You know, Reverend Isa, I, I remember saying a few times actually that we go for, you know, massage for our physical body. But what do we do for our spirit, for our energy body? And I remember always thinking that, you know, if we could do Reiki, we could go and have Reiki sessions frequently, then that is a way of, in a sense, rejuvenating our spirit, rebuilding our spirit, which sometimes gets very tired and broken down by, you know, the stress of life and the stress of relationships and other people's energies and other struggles that people feel face during day-to-day -day life. So from your point of view, is Reiki something that a person should do weekly? Should they do daily? And what kind of results could they expect from the frequency that they apply Reiki or they practice Reiki? If you are a Reiki practitioner, I will say that one should really practice Reiki daily. You know? Because if one is really practicing Reiki for others, healing others, then one should always be balanced. But if one is not, I will suggest is a weekly session will really be good. Because in my experience, one who has not experienced Reiki, they will say that the first Reiki session really lasts for them like in a minimum of one week. <laughs> then they would like to have more. So if one is really having a recreation every week, I think Reiki should be one 
and they will be really getting not only a recreation but a deeper sense. We call it a, a holy leisure. Beautiful. You know, Reverend Isa, I remember some of my initial Reiki experiences when I did my Reiki one class and I was, you know, doing Reiki with partners in the group. I remember crying. I remember tears rolling down my face. And I remember really feeling so connected to the divine and to spiritual energy. And there was this real vibration of love. Okay. So can you talk a little about that and what does Reiki really do for us? You know, what connection are we making? What is this energy of Reiki? What is actually going on with Reiki? So as we have said that Reiki is a spiritual energy, then therefore it connects us to the spirit. When one goes into a healing process, one goes into a stillness. And as we have said, we are connecting to the spirit, our soul, in silence. So in that silence, we are being connected. And because it's a spiritual energy, it can do its work based on what we need at that present moment. So Reiki is a channeling healing practice. So that means a healer is only a channel. So who does the work? It is the divine spirit, so the creator, as we we call. And so the divine spirit will do what is needed by the person or by the client. So whether it is uh, emotional peace or mind or physical relaxation, that is the healing that is going to happen. So the Reiki in the stillness of the mind Go to where it is needed. And because it's an energy, and our body is also a f- energy, has a physical energy, then it goes to where the blocks are. Where is the relaxation needed in our body? Sometimes a person will feel a jerk on the shoulders because the tension is on the shoulder. Or sometimes they will cry because they need to release something that they do not really remember anymore, but the spirit knows. So it is in this stillness when doing the Reiki that one connects to the divine spirit. And through the flow of the spiritual energy, it does into the body what is needed by the person at that specific moment. So that's why it's really like a wonder when one just lie down on the bed and just have a Reiki, placing the hands on different parts of the body, or even not hands-on, no? it's hands-off, but it will just do the work. The Reiki will just do the Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I totally relate to what you're saying, Aisa, being on the receiving end of that. But let's paint a picture, okay, for our listener, right? So a person comes in. Maybe they're emotionally disturbed. They're very stressed. Maybe they're just exhausted by life, right? That would be a perfect kind of situation. Would you agree for someone to go get a Reiki healing? <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Right? Yes, so like emotionally yes. exhausted, stressed out, mentally tired, feeling out of balance, right? Isa, and anything you would add to that? What are some normal you know, situations that a person not should, but like it would be a great idea to get Reiki. Yes, heavy heart. Yeah, breakup. Heavy heart. Yeah, heavy. Yes, yes. Right. Or if you've had a fight yeah. with someone and you're really disturbed by it, right? Any kind mm -hmm. of or sleep. Sleep. Yeah. Emotional turmoil, like something like playing on your mind. Fear. Fear would also be a really good time. So, so imagine a person going through any of the things we've described would come in and see a Reiki healer, right? And then a Reiki healer would have them lie down, correct? Yes, yes. Right? And then they would either lay their hands on the person or it could be also done without touching the body. Correct, Isa? Reverend Isa? Yes. Right? Yes. And then is there a, a process, like a structure to the session or does the session just go where it needs to go? Can you tell us a little bit about what a Reiki session would look like for someone trying it for the first time? Okay, thank you for this question. You know, each Reiki practitioner will have a different way of healing, but this will be my my process. No? So usually when a person lies down on the couch or on the bed, I will lead the person first into a breathing exercises just to relax, calm down. Or before that, I'm going to explain first what's going to happen. And then while doing the, the breathing process, I'm going to scan the energy. So scanning, which means I am just hovering my hands on the body just to see where I need to focus. Then after that, I'm going to first lay my hands on the head. No? And then after that, I go to the different parts of the body that is related to the chakras, usually the forehead, the ears, the throat, the heart, and then the, the stomach, the lower stomach, and then down to the legs. But if a person has physical conditions, there are different Reiki techniques that one can use. So let's say if one has a myoma or tumor or any physical conditions, then I can also do a Reiki psychic surgery or Reiki blood cleansing, depending on the needs. But if it is only something for relaxation, peace of mind, then the hands... Focusing on the different chakras or different 
energy centers will be enough to calm the mind and to release what needs to be released. Energetically, thoughts, emotions, spiritual state are energies. So those are the ones that being addressed by Reiki. And most of the physical sickness, as we know, as we all know, it comes from the non-physical energies of mind, the thoughts, the spiritual state. So that's the one that's being released. And then the session usually goes into 30 to 45 to one hour session. But if it is an online, which I also do, the online, it depends. Sometimes it will be like a guided meditation while I focus on the different healing energy centers, healing the energy centers. I am guiding the person and sometimes I let them touch their own body. And then I will channel the healing energies through them. So that's how the Reiki is done. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Isa, for that explanation. That was really clear. Now, there's two things I want to follow up with from what you said. Number one, I just wanted to point out something you said that everything that we are experiencing is, you said the non-physical is what's caught, right? So I wanted to just highlight that point that what you're saying really is that our negative emotions are what gets stuck in different parts of our body and makes us eventually sick, whatever that sick would look like, right? It could be emotionally unwell, emotionally a lack of well-being in those terms, or it could be physical, or it could even be mental where you just kind of give up or you feel like life is against you. You don't even want to wake up in the morning. Those are other forms of sickness as well, right? So I just wanted to highlight that because I know that that is something that is pretty central in Reiki is that we we really carry all these different energies in different parts of our body that can make us sick. Now, the other thing you mentioned, Reverend Isa, is the chakras. Can you talk a little bit more about the chakras and how they are within the energy body and how Reiki does healing also on these different energy centers? If you can talk a little bit about that. Yes. So our body is not only a physical body, but we have an energy body. And on the physical level of our body, we have what we call an etheric layer. When we say etheric layer, it's like a coat. Now that we live because we receive the universal life force from the creator. And that universal life force flows into what we call etheric field before it goes to a layer which we call the energy centers or chakras. And these chakras are the ones that are responsible to give the energy to the physical body. And these chakras are related to the different glands and the different organs. And that's why a human being lives. So we live because we receive the universal life force from God, which only God can create. The human beings can only create the android or the robot, but not the life force. And this life force flows through the etheric field. And within the etheric field are the chakras. So the chakras are life centers or spiritual centers related to each gland. 
and all each gland is related to the different organs in our body that makes our body alive. So as a spiritual centers, these chakras or spiritual centers are connected to our thoughts and emotions. And whatever happens into our lives, it will affect our thoughts and emotions that are also related or will affect our energy centers or chakras. So that's how we will be affected by the physical reality into the energy level. So whatever happens to us, it is there. It, you can see it. It is stuck there on our energy centers. And then it builds up to physicalize again into our physical realities or physical bodies. So it's like everything is interconnected from the non-physical to the physical body. So what you're saying, basically, Reverend Isa, is before anything becomes physical in our body, first it is in the etheric, which is the non-physical, the emotional and the energy. So we have a chance to fix it there. I don't know if fix is the right word, but we have a chance to maybe heal it or do something about it before it shows up in our body as a physical ailment. Yes, yes, we can. Yeah. So I often think of Reiki as well as preventative, because ultimately we know that if you're constantly feeling stressed, you're constantly angry, you're constantly frustrated, you're constantly depressed, any emotion that you feel over and over again, and you feel it for a long period of time, eventually will cause some kind of physical you could say, challenge in the body. Do you agree with that? Yes. Ravanaisa, do you yes. agree with that flow? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And so Reiki really gives us a chance, doesn't it, to work on something before it gets to the level of the physical, which becomes a lot harder to do a healing at that point because now it's solid, it is physical, it is something we can see. Whereas Reiki is at the level of you know, the non-physical, where we're working at it at the non-physical, which is much easier to reverse or to release or to heal. Would you agree with that? Yes, yes, definitely. Yes. Beautiful. So tell me something. I want to switch over to a more personal question, if you don't mind, Reverend Isa. What made you go into Reiki? What was it in your life? that maybe drew you to Reiki or, you know, directed you on that path. What's your story with Reiki? Yeah, I have told this several times. And I was already a hands-on healer since I was 12 years old. And I didn't have a name for what I was doing. So I would just lay my hands and I would have some clients who are who were already Reiki practitioners. And sometimes they will tell me, can I do first my symbol? And then they will do Reiki <laughs> and then I will do the healing. And then I came to the point where I told myself, I don't want to be called a fate or folk healer. So I told God, God, can you please give me a name to what I'm doing? Because 
I don't want to be called albolario <laughs> in the in the Filipino they have albolario or faith healer. And then there was a member of my group, it's Ecofeminism, who was doing Reiki. And while he was explaining that to me, I said, I think that's like what I'm doing. And I think I would like to get that name and I will call my healing Reiki. And so I I inquired, there's no Reiki practitioner here in the Philippines before. That was before 2003. And then in 2004, somebody told me, a friend told me that there was a Reiki master going to teach. And then I inquired. And of course, I was a little bit egoistic before. I always thought I knew everything. <laughs> and then I inquired. And the fee was too high for me to think that I thought before that healing should be for everyone, right? So I didn't have the... The good concept for money during that time. So I said, why do I need to pay so much when I know all? And then I said, God, if Reiki is really for me, can you please do something about the fee? And can you please send me my teacher? And it, it's the same teacher called me and said, would you like to study? Because somebody is giving a scholarship for Reiki and you come to our class and you just Send 10 people for healing who will pay 500 each. So like that. And then I said, okay. So I studied. And when I studied, I thought I know everything. And of course, I learned about chakras because before I was just laying my hand, right? And then I learned the difference between what I was doing before, which is really a faith, no? Based on the faith, I was laying my hands, praying to God. But I get depleted after. After several healing, I will be laying on the bed. I was really so tired. But when I learned how to just channel Reiki, that's when I learned the difference. So that's the first significant learning that I had in my first Reiki class, the chakras, the how to be really a channel, not to use my own personal energy. And the third is, it's good to have a human teacher. <laughs> I thought I will always have a, a non-physical, non-human teacher all my life. It's good to have. So that's how I had. And then my other experience for one to be a Reiki master was after my Second year, I said, I think I would like to teach because my teachers teach us differently. So I would like to have my own manual. And then I said to God, God, if you really want me to be a teacher, please send me my teacher this November and December. And can you again do something about the fee? Because if I'm going to pay that much, I'm also going to charge that much to my student. And then that November, somebody called me to do a healing. A couple called me to do a healing for their mom. And then after the healing, they asked me, what level are you? And I said, level two, don't you want to be a Reiki master? I said, I'm thinking about it. They said, you know, we Reiki masters from London. And we studied there. We paid 50,000 pesos each or one of us to be a Reiki master. But when we came here in the Philippines, we're too old to teach. And people do not really understand it yet. 
I think we would like to attune you and teach you. Can you teach for us? And that was November and December. Beautiful. <laughs> How can you? <laughs> so I said, yeah, that's, this is my path. <laughs> that's such a wonderful story, Reverend Isa. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, Reverend Isa, you actually talked about something that I've always wanted to discuss. So thank you for that. This, this, this idea, in the Philippines, when I got here, Reverend Isa, I was also very, I became quite familiar with the arbularios and the folk and faith healing concepts. And I came in, of course, with a completely different background and perspective on healing. And I came to the Philippines, I moved here in 2011, and it was a very different spiritual landscape at that time from where it is today, right? For someone who has come from that world and then became certified as a Reiki healer, teacher, master, okay, what are your thoughts about the traditional way of healing where a lot of people were born with certain skills and talents they weren't always accepted for it, okay? But a lot of them felt it was their inner calling to do this kind of healing for their communities, right? Which is amazing. But coming from that kind of background to where things are today, where the way healing is today, you don't need to have some special skill. It's like everybody has this ability to do Reiki, to do Theta healing, to do any kind of healing. It's the consciousness today is very much that if you want to learn, then you should learn because everybody can learn it. And in fact, most of us already know how to do it subconsciously. We are bringing those gifts from, you know, other times and places. So we're remembering something that we already know, which is my perspective. So what are your thoughts about that? Reverend Isa, coming from your more faith healing background to then making that crossover and now teaching it professionally, and you do today take payment. So I know a lot of faith healers do not believe also in taking payment for healing services. There is still some of that consciousness that exists. You know, let's go into this area. What are your thoughts? And I'm putting you <laughs> right in the hot seat, Reverend Isa, but I think you just, you know, given your background, you have both perspectives. And I think you can really speak to it, I think, in, in a way that you can see both sides of it. Yeah. At first, I will say that those who are in the faith or faith healing or folk healing, really understand the same energetic body that we have. 
the one that we have learned when we study Theta or we study Reiki, it's just that there's no name for it. There's no name for it, but they have this intuitive knowledge about it. And because they cannot grasp anything and they're just coming, it's coming only from the intuitive one, they have to have a name for it. And the name can be like an inspiration for some, they will say, the healing comes from the Mother Mary, from Mother Mary, because it is their inspiration. The healing comes from Santo Nino, that's a common one. Because somebody should really have something to cling on. And that's where is comes the faith healing. Huh? So when I studied Reiki, I realized that what I was doing before, where I was laying my hands, were named as chakras. As chakras. And when I was praying to God, connecting to God, it was renamed and made it in a more progressive way by not just intending my energy to use my own energy, but just a channeling. So I will always say before that maybe if the arbolarios were really taught the way we are doing now, like the scientific background of this energy healing, they will become better. And I realize some of the arbolarios will really have a short span of life because one is really using their own energies. And that was actually what, yeah, that's what I wanted to point out, Reverend Isa, is because the healing is self-taught, right? Like you said, it's the intuition, the guidance, there might be gaps, right? Because you're channeling from your own intuition, there might be gaps in knowledge and understanding of how to channel it without having a negative impact on your own body or your own energy. Correct. And another thing you said is that you thought you knew everything until you actually started to learn. And then you realized, you know, it felt like from what you said, it was like up until you became a student of a technique, you thought you knew everything. But when you became a student, just being a student, whatever modality, right, whatever technique, the minute you're a learner, the becomes humble because you have to receive and we realize like today as a as an instructor as a teacher of healing techniques i'm always a student so i can never take on the ego i know everything because i'm still a student i'm still learning and i i always find that humility in you reverend isa ever since i've known you there's a very down to earth very you know humble way. I'm a receiver. I'm a channel. I've never gotten from you that I know everything. That's why when you <laughs> said, I used to be the person who thought, you know, who knew everything, you know, thought she, I was like, wow, that, that I can't connect that to the person that I know. Right. Do you agree with that? Reverend Isa, that it's essential for us to become a student of whatever we are learning to complete those gaps that we have to have maybe a guide and a mentor, even though we have some natural abilities, but also so we can really, truly grow? Yes, yes. Yes, definitely. And you know, one thing that I also learned from becoming just a one who lay my 
hands and then becoming a Reiki practitioner is really to focus on oneself. Because when you are a healer coming from the faith healing, tendency is to really the concept of just to give and to give and to give. So that's why the concept of money as a circle of giving and receiving is not there. And when I taught Reiki to a charismatic group, and that's what they told me, that before they were just healing and they're calling the Holy Spirit and then they become tired after. But after learning self-healing on the Reiki, they said, They're already old. (laughs) They said they can go for three hours standing without getting tired. And it is because they attributed it to the focus on oneself, which is healing ourselves. We don't have that. I don't have that before. And I agree with that. That is something with, because I'm familiar with faith healing in other countries as well. In my culture, in India, there's all kinds of faith healing. In Indonesia, where my mother was raised, there's a lot of faith healing. And so being familiar, this is also very similar to shamanic healing. It's a, a focus in giving and healing and giving and giving. And sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times it can be very exhausting and difficult on the body which is why many of the shamans or medicine men and women sometimes go through this kind of difficulty in their own body. And sometimes they get sick because they're always giving out energy and not taking anything back. So I love that you said, you know, money is that form of exchange and being able to receive is just as important as to give. I think that consciousness shift, you know, is happening for a lot of these different types of healing modality. Very interesting. And how about today? How do you feel today as a Reiki healer, given your background? How do you feel your life has changed after Reiki, after becoming a Reiki practitioner, instructor, master? How has your life shifted? Yes. First, um, when I was growing up, I always would love to I'm very religious when I was growing up. <laughs> and I said I would like to serve God in any way, you know? And then when I became a Reiki master, I said to God, before really teaching full-time and leaving my previous job, I said to God, God, I'm going to resign from my work, and I think I'm going to be teaching Reiki and healing and please fill up my schedule because if you're not going to fill up my schedule, I'm going to go back to work again. And that was 2007. And since then, I was not able to go back to job, the regular job. And I would say that this has really been my life passion and mission. So the first thing that has changed with me is my concept of really being sustained, no? The universe sustains us as long as we know that we are aligned to our purpose and we believe that we are, we have a provider. <laughs> we have provider and God is our the uh, boss, you know? And all the things that we need to be provided. So that's one, the shifting of my consciousness as I am provided. And second, 
is my relationships. No, so I came from evolution of relationship. Just many other relationship, they go to separation. I also had mine, and I would say that is my evolution of concept of relationship because we will always have the relationship that is really just aligned with our consciousness. And I am now ten years. I have a ten-year marriage from what I call my own the twin flames. No, and I would say it will not happen if I did not also heal my own relationship and consciousness on relationship. No, and then then second, the third is my own evolution of how things should really be. In life, no, like the surrender part, and the vision that we have in our mind will always manifest if we believe in it. So, I will say I have changed from the concept of a fear-based faith, right? Because being in a very religious, we are fear-based. Now, being raised as a Catholic, I'm a fear-based, but now. It's more of potentialities, no? From fear to potentialities of everything, and then of course the oneness. So I think that's how I live, and how my life or my thoughts, my consciousness has changed. I especially love what you ended with, Reverend Isa. You said fear-based to potentiality. It's something I also echo because I always say that. Spirituality is really moving from fear to love. And love, I believe, is possibility and creation. And as you said, potentiality. It is, you know, really about the freedom that I think many of us are yearning for the freedom to be who we are, the freedom to create the life we deserve, the freedom to live as we see is right for us. And I think that those are things that many people are waking up to. Now, for those who are keen to integrate some Reiki into their life, Reverend Isa, where should they begin? What kind of guidance can you offer someone who might be thinking, you know, I want to try Reiki, I want to learn Reiki, and maybe I want to make this part of my life. Now, I know you hold classes and you hold classes at the Third Eye Wellness center quite frequently and and conduct your sessions with them as well. So can you tell me a little bit about how a person should get started and what is the path available to them? Yes. Right now, I'm actually giving a Reiki scan. It's the first thing that you can do. Reiki scan is a 15-minute Reiki session that will give you a scan or diagnosis of your energy and with the intention of healing. So that's the first. And then that's for free, no? So you can just contact the third eye for the session for a 15-minute Reiki scan. And then after that, then if you would like to really address what have been told during the scanning, then you can have or book a Reiki session. And of course, after the Reiki session, and you would like to do it for yourself, why not? And the next thing that you can do is to enroll in the class that I'm going to hold through the Third Eye Reiki Wellness. 
Beautiful. First of all, thank you so much, Reverend Isa. I know you have a pretty busy schedule. And when you agreed to do the 15-minute scan for a Project Loving Myself listener, I was actually so grateful. Thank you. So Reverend Isa is, as a favor to me, giving a 15-minute Reiki scan where she will diagnose your energy and tell you what's going on. And honestly, for 15 minutes with her and just being in, in her energy, it is something I highly recommend. And I really think you should all take her up on that if you're lucky enough to get an appointment. So I will put the link in the episode description. But so essentially what happens is, you know, you would get a Reiki session. And then if it's something you feel really called to, you might want to join a class and a class would be how long? Yeah, it's usually a one and a half day. And then after 21 days, we're going to have again another half day. So it's one and a half day plus 21 days of your self-healing and then another half day. So I did this, by the way, I actually went through this myself. And I remember that after the 21 days, I found myself eating better, avoiding things that were bad for my energy. I know people who've done the 21 days and they just stop smoking. I know people who've like, they stop eating like unhealthy food just because the energy work really cleanses, right? Reverend Isa, I'm sure you've encountered that with your students as well. So (laughs) it's pretty amazing. And what I love about Reiki is it's really easy to do. Like it's not something that's hard to learn right? It's something and it's something you can do anywhere. So the way I practice Reiki is, let's say I have, I'm PMSing and I have like cramps, I have period cramps. I put my hand on my abdomen and the pain disappears. Or if my, like, I remember I used to do that quite a bit. So I do appreciate how amazing Reiki can be for aches, pains, discomfort. It's really calming to the heart, to the mind. I definitely am a huge advocate of Reiki. Now, yes, and always, always valued and appreciated you as well, Reverend Isa. So I know Reverend Isa from almost the beginning When I first got to the Philippines, I've known her for that long. So I really do acknowledge you, Reverend Isa, for what you have done for Reiki students here in the Philippines. Now, Reverend Isa, we are at the end of the episode. So I'd like to request your Project Loving Myself message or mantra that you would like to share with our listeners? Anything they can do for self-love? Anything from Reiki that you'd like to share or something personal to you? I always pointed out to everyone that we are created in the image of God. So my mantra is always, I am a divine creation of God. I am gifted. Wow. Beautiful and powerful. Thank you again, Reverend Isa, for all your insight, for the wisdom you shared, and for really bringing Reiki to so many people. I think it's truly a blessing, and I'm so glad that I finally got this chance to talk to you on Project Loving Myself and to bring Reiki to our listeners. Thank you again. If people want to reach you or follow you, get in touch with you, how do they reach you? Uh, you can get in touch with me at the uh, Third Eye 
Wellness. You can have a session with me there. And I also have my own website. Now it's called CosmicHealer.net. Okay, great. Thank you, Sanaya. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. And there you have it. Another insightful episode of Project Loving Myself coming to a close. I hope you enjoyed this deep dive into the world of Reiki with our beautiful guest, Isa Hewlett. I mean, wasn't her energy just so beautiful? The cosmic healer herself. In today's conversation, we talked about the ancient origins of Reiki. We talked about the practice, how it works. And we understood that it channels universal life force energy to bring balance and healing into our lives. We explored its potential to heal the body, mind, and soul. And we also heard about some of Isa's stories about Reiki, about her practices, and the power of Reiki healing. Now, I want to hear from you. Share your thoughts and takeaways from this episode on your socials, tagging at Project Loving Myself Podcast. And of course, don't forget to tag me too, at Sanaya Gurnamo. Let's continue this conversation and spread the healing energy of Reiki to those who might need it. Remember to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. I release new episodes every week, and I can't wait to bring you more inspiring content to fuel your personal growth journey. If you found value in today's episode, do someone a favor and share it with them. You never know who might benefit from learning about the wonders of Reiki. And now, I want to leave you with a thought to ponder over. The universe is not outside of you. Look inside yourself. Everything that you want, you already are. And that was said by one of my favorite poets, Rumi. As I sign off, always remember what I say. You are loved. This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Podmachine. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.